Welcome to the Bullish Drive Podcast, where we explore the realms of faith, mental performance, and personal testimonies through conversations with high-level performers. Join us as we extract valuable insights from their experiences to supercharge your pursuit of peak performance. This is a Bullish Drive Podcast. What's up, fam, and welcome to the Bullish Drive Podcast. I'm James Dreesen, your mental performance coach. And if you're new to the show, I'm super stoked to have you here. Welcome. Um, you know, I, I'm not sure what brought you to our show, but maybe you have heard that we look at mindset. And so if you've ever looked at an Olympian or a professional musician or high-level performer, just someone who is just over the top, achieving their goals, and you're asking yourself, what are they doing differently that I could learn? It's mindset. Mindset is what separates the Kobe Bryants from everybody else, the Michael Jordans from everybody else, the Tom Brady's from everybody else, you know, the Michael Phelps from everybody else, you know, just it's it's mindset and mental skills that separates the high level performers from the rest of the flock. And how do we learn this? Well, you know, 1 Corinthians 9.25 says, everyone who trains for the games trains for a crown that won't last forever, but we train for a crown that will last forever. So here at Bullish Drive Agency, we hope to instill mental skills that you'll be able to take outside of your craft, outside of your art, and into the greater world and everything beyond. And today's guest has an incredible insight about this. He talks about his journey uh, from the beginning to entering the NFL as the very first African-American NFL punter and moving into uh, the unsuspected journey afterwards. And he actually just released a book called Punt, Flip the Field. And you can you can pick it up at gregcoleman8.com uh, to, to just add another great piece of literature on mindset and structuring and reframing over adversities and overcoming hardships. And most importantly, to, like you'll hear in today's conversation, just that real relationship with God. And Greg today, you know, I'm super blessed that he was willing to talk about just those real life conversations he had with God through the different stages. Cause you know, it's a relationship. It's not something that you just see on Sundays. It's not something that you just go to God when you're angry or upset, right? There's an ongoing living relationship of hope and motivation and, and trust. Greg Coleman, he's here today. I'm super stoked to have him on here and just hear his story and uh, everything he's done from uh, punting for the Minnesota Vikings and becoming a legend there, moving into a sports um, analyst and and the pregame preach. Just He's done so much in the world of sports and beyond. So I'm super stoked to say out loud, Greg Coleman, welcome to the Bullish Drive podcast. Thanks, man. It's great being here. Um, you know, anytime you get a chance to uh, to share some thoughts, beliefs, uh, habits, um, you know, formulas to success. I mean, you know, you, you've seen all of the experts talk about, you know, seven steps to this, three steps to this, but it's yeah. a, it's a combination of a lot of things. You know, there's no one set thing or reason, uh, that will equal success. Although I do believe mm -hmm. that when preparation meets opportunity, nine times out of 10, it's going to equal success. So uh, those are some core principles that I have lived by for most of my journey. Yeah, yeah, no, I love that. And you know, I've been I've been blessed to hear you speak. You've come to our church a couple times uh, over at Creative. And uh, I remember you telling a story of how you uh, went from, uh, you know, how you got drafted into the Vikings. Are you willing to share a little bit of that story and just kind of the drive that got you there? 
Yeah, well, you know, obviously graduating from Florida A&M University, HBCU school down in Tallahassee, um, I was a 14th round draft choice by the Cincinnati Bengals uh, in 1976. Uh, the mistake that I made when I went to ca uh, training camp was running the 40. You know, the 40 was a, a, a it was a baseline of, of creativity, athleticism, and all of those things. And I was also a hurdler, high school hurdler, college hurdler, qualified for the 76 Olympics uh, back in the day. But you, guys in track weren't making a whole heck of a lot of money. So I had to make a decision to, to go the football route and was just coming off a, a pretty good track season. Uh, so the speed was up. So I ran a 4-4, uh, 440. Uh, the coaches looked at me, Mike Brown, over at the Bengals and said, hey, um, you got too much speed just to be a punter. So mm -hmm. that was back in the day when they would switch uh, quarterbacks, especially uh, black quarterbacks from HBCUs and in other positions to wide receiver, defensive back, and all of those things. And uh, long story short, it wasn't, an, it was, it was not a fair training camp because they tried me at wide receiver, tried me at defensive mm -hmm. back, and then I would still have to go compete. Long story short, I got cut, uh, okay. went back home uh, to Jacksonville, and I uh, taught high school history uh, and did some coaching there uh, in the area. But let those principals and coaches and kids know, hey, I'm going back. I'm going to get another shot uh, in the NFL, so I'm not going to be here permanently. Uh, fortunately, I got a shot with Cleveland Browns in 1977 mm -hmm. and uh, made that football team. Forrest Gregg uh, was the coach, the former Green Bay Packer, uh, all pro, uh, Hall of Famer. And he gave me a shot and uh, I ran the 40 again. And he said the same thing, man, you look like you've got great speed. I said, coach, uh, I went through that before. If you're going to switch me to wide receiver, defensive back, just cut me now. Uh, because I'm a punter mm -hmm. and he said well I'm not going to do any of that you'll just you'll just be the fastest punter in the National Football League so Farce gave me a uh, Farce Greg gave me a shot I punted for the Cleveland Browns in 1977 Farce got fired the following year um, in comes a new coach mm -hmm. uh, Greg we're going to give you a shot I said you know coach why don't you cut me now I know how this thing goes you go back into draft you picked another quote-unquote quarterback punter in the second round, just let me go now. No, nope, yep. no, nope, the best man is going to get the job. Well, I led the league that preseason. Mm -hmm. uh, we get to the opening week of the season, uh, maybe on a Thursday. Normally, if you're going to get cut, you get cut that Monday or Tuesday. You don't wait to Thursday or Friday before the first game. <laughs> well, I get this call this Thursday, Thursday morning. Hey, Greg, oh. uh, Coach Ritigliano wants to see you and, and bring your playbook. And I knew what it was. And, and I was a little ticked. And I mm -hmm. said, well, heck, man, I don't have a playbook. I'm a punter. I just kicked the ball. Well, how soon can you get here? I'll get there when I get there, you know, <laughs> because they wanted you wanted you in and out early before the other players came because I and I came scrolling through the locker room and then the word had got out that Coleman is going to get cut. So a lot of my teammates uh, were very, very upset. Mm -hmm. um, didn't think it was fair. Uh, neither did I. But, you know, that's that's the nature of the beast. Right. So I got cut. I tried out with three or four other different teams. We were still living in Cleveland. Uh, my wife, would, we were expecting our first child. And um, I can remember, uh, it was a very dark time in my life. Uh, mm. It was very disappointing. 
uh, because I had done everything that I was supposed to do. I beat the best. I was leading the league in that in that category. And things still were, it, it wasn't fair. Well, I can remember watching the game between the Los Angeles Rams and the Minnesota Vikings. Mm-hmm. Uh, living in Cleveland, ninth floor apartment window, I go to my window and I open it and I'm screaming at God. I said, you lied to me. Uh, you didn't keep your word. You said if I prayed, if I did all of the things that I was supposed to do, that you would give me the desires of my heart. I said, where are you? Because as I mentioned, James, I tried out with four different other teams and nobody wanted to make a decision. Right. And I said, where are you? And I said, I just want to play football so bad that I'll even play for the Minnesota Vikings. Mm-hmm. And I closed that window. God has a funny sense of humor. The next day, I got a call from the Minnesota Vikings, and I spent the next 10 years uh, punting here for the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, I know that was a long way around the block to answer your question about how I got to Minnesota, but there are always different scenarios and different roadblocks and and even different doors that had to be opened. You know, there was a window closed uh, with the Cleveland Browns, but, but, but God opened it, you know, saw another opportunity uh, yeah. because, you know, my, my faith was, was shallow. It was, it was mm. challenged. Mm. It was challenged. Yeah. And, you know, looking back, you say, you know what? God tells you, don't fear, don't give up. Uh, you know, stand on your faith, stand on the word. Uh, you know, it was a mountain, you know, Matthew 17, 20 says, if you have the faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move mountains. So that mountain was moved. And uh, so. Come on, man. I love that. I love that story. And that's why I wanted wanted you to share that because it's so good, right? Like being mad at God is a very real part of being a Christian, right? Like it's just, it's going to happen. Like at some point you're going to question God, you know? Um, And, and do you feel like, so do you feel like the timing was perfect that that everything kind of culminated there in that moment do you think if you would have moved to the vikings or changed earlier you would have uh you would have stepped into that calling in the same way well everything happens for a reason and and i say tongue-in-cheek mad at god but but i should have been mad at the enemy Mm -hmm. because he the enemy puts roadblocks in your way and and it takes a, a level of maturity to to figure that out that it's not God depriving you of what you would like and what he would like to have for you. You know, they're, they're just steps. Um, mm-hmm. And you talked about the timing of it. The timing was was perfect mm-hmm. because I had to go through those, those battles. I had to go through those disappointments because at a very young age, I learned that professional football was not a career. Uh, it was a temporary means to an end. Uh, because no matter how great you are, no matter how successful you are, you cannot outrun Father Time. Mm. And Father Time has caught up with each and every Hall of Fame football player, uh, Hall of Fame coach, the greatest athletes in the world. Time never loses. So you you utilize and take advantage of that opportunity of professional sports. You can elevate your life. You can elevate your family and, and generations if you make wise choices and wise decisions. And I utilized that platform, uh, you know, for, for the monetary needs, but also used it to launch uh, post-career um, uh, broadcasting uh, corporate America's for 24 years uh, with a um, 
uh, public safety uh, communications mm. company, one of the top companies in, in, in the world. It was a worldwide company. And also um, my time, 21 years on the sideline with the Minnesota Vikings as part of their radio broadcast team. Mm. Uh, those were just phenomenal experiences, phenomenal opportunities uh, that were birthed uh, with the opportunity that came from playing professional football for the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love how, uh, you, you talk about how being an athlete like that is just, it, it, it's a, what do you say? It's a temporary means to an end, right? It's not a career. And I think a lot of athletes, uh, ones that I've talked to, you know, they identify so much with the sport that they play. So then all of a sudden when something happens, like, you know, time catches up to us, you know, or, or an injury happens, all of a sudden their entire identity is rocked, you know? So what, what would you say to encourage like athletes just to keep that mindset where it is just a temporary means to an end? Like, how'd you get there? Well, well, number one, when I got cut, I mean, because mm -hmm. listen, listen, I grew up in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, there were a number of great professional athletes that graduated from my high school. Uh, the great late Kenny Burroughs, mm -hmm. Harold Carmichael, Hall of Famer, Brian Dawkins, uh, the Gaffney brothers, Terry LeCount, uh, the list goes on and on and on. I think at my last count, there were at least 85 guys that had either put on a NFL, Major League Baseball, or NBA uniform from a mm -hmm. high school, just one single high school down Dang. in Jacksonville. So we would go out and we would talk and we would listen to these guys and they would talk about what it meant to be a pro, uh, how to handle your business. Those were lessons that were always in the back of my mind. And after I got cut uh, from Cincinnati, because I got my education, because I got my degree at Florida A&M University, education has always been the cornerstone and the rock uh, of the African-American community, community, mm. period. Because mm. if you have it in your head and it's sealed down in your heart, nobody can take it away from you. So I knew that football was a temporary means to an end and sooner or later, you were gonna have to prepare for the life after football. So even during my time, uh, I would intern, I would, um, you know, do different things during the off season, trying to find my niche, what was going to be my path after football. So I would, I would let younger uh, athletes know that it's going to end sooner or later. Now today's mm -hmm. athletes, it's a little bit different because they're making a heck of a lot more bank now than we did back in the day. Uh, but regardless to how much you make, it's how much can you conserve? How much can you plan your future? Um, because let me tell you something. Let's cut through the chase. There is nothing like the NFL. There is nothing like 70,000 people screaming with you, mm. you know, screaming your name, watching that number and all of that stuff. But at the same time, James, it can be gone in a blink of an eye mm. through an injury, a coach's decision, um, attrition. Mm. Or you may not just be good enough anymore. Yeah. And before they call you in the office, they have made a decision. Before you leave that office, they have unstitched the back of your name off of that jersey and stitching somebody else's name on it. That's just how quick it ends. Mm. And all of the guys that you knew, all the guys that you had a relationship with, guess what? They're still in the locker room. You're out in the real world having to find what's my next move what's my next step and a lot of guys have prepared uh, to make the adjustment a lot of guys have a difficult time uh years and years afterwards um but there's there's nothing like wearing that jersey 
Right. Right. And then it's hard to compare life after, I'm sure, once you move on from that. Right. It is. I was so blessed because my wife uh, had a level of maturity mm-hmm. in knowing that this game was going to come to an end sooner or later and that those guys were in the locker room were going to still be guys in the locker room. But we had to uh, navigate outside the walls of the locker room, outside of the walls of the NFL. And she developed a core of friends uh, and relationships outside of all of sports. So I come and she said, hey, we're going to have a, a get together with some friends over uh, one night. You good with that? Yeah. I come in. I didn't know any of these people. And I said, well, you know, who, who, who is this? So these are people that I met in the community um, because you're not going to play football forever. Yeah. And it taught me, a, it taught me a very, very good lesson huh. um, that whether they're teammates, uh, the relationships that you develop uh, while you're playing sports, they're four seasons. Mm. And if you try to force those relationships after the season is up, it, it, it's like milk. Okay. Mm. It, milk is good for you. Every carton of milk has an expiration date on it. Yep. And yeah, you can drink it, but it could possibly make you sick or it can kill you. Yeah. It's the same way with relationships. If you mm. try to stay in a relationship outside of the season that God gives you with that, you know, with those journey for those people, um, it, those relationships can become toxic. Uh, and can cause you more harm than what you feel trying to force yourself into this part of this relationship, staying this part of a relationship uh, mm. with a different group of people. Wow, that's so good. That's so good. Can can you talk, what, what are your, and um, you know, if you're comfortable talking about this, but what do your conversations look like with God? Like when you're going through these moments, when you got that pressure of like, this could be, like my my name could be, off this jersey next or these friends i built this relationship with them but now might be a new season where i have to move on what does that look like how do you how do you verify those moves with god and and find comfort in those those seasons just like i'm talking to you we've developed a relationship many many years ago hey you know with no disrespect hey g what's what's going on what's my Mm. next move what are you trying you know what should i learn from this particular situation i thought i was past this yeah, I know that I was not a perfect human being. I was a good for nothing, low down, scum of the earth, backbiting, homemongering sinner on my way to hell until God put his arms around me mm. and said, don't be defined about what you do, uh, by the mistakes that you made. Um, you're just passing through. Oof. And on this journey, if you are able to let your light shine, to light a path for somebody else, I'll be there for you. Mm. And, and he has been every step of the way. Have, this, have I made some missteps? Absolutely. Have I done some stupid things? Absolutely. But even to, that's why he was on the cross. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he paid for that. He paid for those sins that I would not have to be locked up, you know, uh, in prison, hmm. uh, where where a lot of guys that I grew up with uh, in our community, I mean, he he just put his arms around me. When they would go left, he said, "No, baby, you go right." 
and I learned to hear that voice. And I know that it's not counterfeit. Mm-hmm. And, and the enemy would want you to think, oh man, that ain't God. That, hey man, you can do what you want to do. Come yeah. on. See, you see, there's a hall of fame. You know, we, there are a number of hall of fames. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was just fortunate enough to be in several, uh, uh, state of Florida hall of sports, hall of fame, black college football hall of fame, my Florida A&M hall of fame, both track and football, high school hall of fame and all of those things. Mm-hmm. But I remember before. I made a decision to follow Christ. I was a hall of famer on Satan's wall of fame. And you know, all the glitz and the glamor and all of those things. Uh, But once I came into the light and the knowledge of knowing what God was requiring of me, I did whatever it took to get my name off of Satan's wall of fame. Mm-hmm. And to make sure that my name was written in the Lamb's Book of Life, mm. man, it made all made all the difference. Yeah, yeah, and there's obedience behind that too. Right? Oh, baby, oh, <laughs> you better know it. Yeah. You better know it. You you can't do what you want to do all the time. You know, we're yep. selfish by nature. I'm, and I can be one of the most selfish people in the world. Mm-hmm. But I understand that a lot of times it's not about me. Right. Uh, it's it's about what he wants you to do what he wants you to be um because again let your light so shine in whatever it might be it can be a flicker but that flicker of light in darkness can light the path for somebody else who may be swimming in darkness Mm. so whatever god gives you whether your name is up in the lights of you know new york city on madison avenue uh, or um, Poduck, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. If you've got a light, man, it, that light is not for you. That light is for somebody else. Oof. So continue to light the path for somebody else and give God the glory. Oh, man. That's good, man. Amen. That's that's it. We're good, guys. We can go. This is, <laughs> this is a, oh, my goodness, man. That's that's so good. Um because it takes a lot of weight off her shoulders as well right you know just recognizing that like it's we're, we're just shepherds of it right even even with our businesses right we're just founders we're just stewarding something that god's the ceo of you know and then like you said if we can have that conversation where we just ask them well you know god's ceo of my business what do i do today do i do i reach out to greg coleman do we talk about this stuff if it's not then okay cool we'll wait till another time you know yeah. Yeah. Man, I love that. I love that. Now, now after the NFL, you you went into um, you corporate. You work with corporate America too, you know. Um, something that I'm seeing is you know a lot of former athletes will move into the corporate America. What what type of skills carries over into that, and and how how does being an athlete help you out in the corporate world with mindsets? Man, that's a great question. And, and the key word is mindsets. In my book, I talk about having a punter's mindset. Mm. Because a lot of times, you know, when you think about punting, that means most people will look at it as an act of surrender or giving up. But in essence, it's one of the most strategic moves in all of football. So many things can happen on fourth down. You can have a great punt, putting putting your opponent inside the five-yard line. You could have a fake punt, run to get the first down. You could have a punt return if you're on the other side. 
that could change the game. My job as a punter was to flip the field. Mm. And in my book, it's called punt, flip the field and get a leg up on life. Yeah. And it's a mindset. Yeah, I tried what I say in the book, I, I'm going to teach you how to punt. But first, I'm going to stretch you. I'm going to stretch you mentally. I'm going to stretch you to create habits and mm. rituals. And if you follow these rules, if you follow these routines, proven principles, mm. then you'll be able to punt, put the opponent in a different spot, flip the field in your favor and then get a leg up on life. And you can use that in athletics. You can use it yeah. in business. You can use it in your family. You can use it in your personal life. Uh, so the book is doing very, very well. Um, it's a project that I knew that was, that was going to pop sooner or later. Mm -hmm. I was not in a hurry. Uh, I took my time with it. Um, and it's 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 been, it was a great project and and we're getting great feedback from it and uh the second book is going to be uh a devotional uh yeah. i'm taking all of those uh segments from the pregame preach uh prior to uh the vikings games and we'll turn those into just some inspirational words uh for somebody you know what we write and what you create is not for everybody i knew the pregame preach over the last 20 years uh, prior to retiring from the broadcast was not for everybody yeah. but it was for those people who were in a dark place who mm. just needed a word of encouragement to lift their spirits and even to challenge them mm. um so the feed the feedback that we have gotten you know from that segment was just incredible because there were some people in some dark places about to, to do some uh, not so smart things but just that word, because it was it, it was time, faith, and football. Um, you would not believe the feedback that we have gotten over the years for that. So, you know, I give God the glory for that. And it started yeah. the pregame preach started as a joke uh, with my broadcast partner Paul Allen. Mm -hmm. uh, I was speaking at chapel on the road, and he happened to stick his head in the door and, and heard me sharing because that segment prior to uh, kickoff was called Coleman's keys to, to the game. Mm. And he said, well, we're going down uh, for, for Coleman's keys. He said, no, you know what, man, I heard this brother preach last night. We're going down for the pregame preach, thus created this phenomenon called pregame preach. And Paul did it as tongue in cheek because no, Paul was not walking as a believer. Yeah. And I never tried to preach at him, preach to him. I just tried to live God's word. And several years later, a number of years later, after just demonstrating how God wanted us to walk mm -hmm. and to be his living word, uh, Paul Allen is now walking, talking, uh, a believer, uh, doing yeah. chapels for the jockeys over at Canterbury Downs. So again, you don't necessarily always have to beat somebody and incite scripture and all of those things, but they yep. look at you, they look at your walk. How are you going to do when the sham hits the fan? How are you going to do when the when the baby's not doing well? How are you going to do when the money gets funny? Mm -hmm. And and if you if you are, are are leaning on God's word and knowing that that's your core. Come on, man. Yeah. That's all he wants us to do. Man, that's it's like it's the difference between a thermostat and a thermometer, right? When you walk into the room, are you are you setting the temp or are you just going to yeah, exactly. blend in with everybody else, man? Yeah, and exactly. 
man i love and and even as a christian like you know we look at our the bible is like a mirror to us right we look at the bible and we look at how are we doing you know and then people who don't know the bible they'll look at you and be like man how's how's greg coleman just like such a happy dude all the time like how is he just always pushing through right you know i heard many many years ago be careful because you may be the only jesus or the only god that somebody sees in a time of need dang so if you take that personal man you you know even with all of the blemishes and bumps and lumps that you've taken in your life and and, and that will take in the future mm-hmm. just know that you, you are an example mm-hmm. you know you are an ambassador an ambassador goes forth and represents yeah and all we're doing is representing god sometimes we do it flawlessly other times people look at us and say, man, you're a Christian. If that's what Christianity is about, I don't want none of it. Yeah. So it's a response. It's a responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I just try and live it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not one that will, you know, uh, dump scripture all over your head and all those kind of things, man. And I, I just try and live it day by day. Yeah, that's good, man. Well, well, we're, we're running near the end of our time and I, I appreciate you just hopping on the podcast today and just sharing your wisdom and, you know, your walk with God. Um, is there anything else you want to leave for any of our listeners before we close out today? Wow. You know, we talked about mindsets. Yeah. Have the mindset of Christ. Mm. And, and, and that is the key to success because we all are looking for I'm not going to say a get rich quick scheme yeah. or the keys to happiness or mm-hmm. the keys to marriage. I mean, we've, we've been married for 45 years. Uh, there'll be 46 this year. <laughs> and people will ask, man, how, how in the ham fat did you guys stay married for 46 years? Yeah. I said, we made a decision to stay married every day. Come on. Give us this day. Mm-hmm. Give us this day our daily bread, like it says in the Lord's Prayer. Mm-hmm. And if you stay married once a day, then that day would lead to another day. Yep. And that day would lead to a week, in a month, in a year, and before you know it. My God, you know, we look back and, and, and we laugh. We look at the journey that we've had together, uh, the, the kids and grandkids that God has given us. And I mean, and I am you know pushing 70 years old Mm -hmm. and and when did i get to be 70 years old Uh, (laughs) i don't feel 70 you know i don't look 70. that's right baby looking you know (laughs) that's right you know that you ever seen in your life um you know we just we just honor god we honor each other Uh, we can't out give god we can't out give each other and we just respect the covenant that god has given us yeah and and here we are 45, 46 years later. Uh, and I would just say to live with the mindset of Christ mm-hmm. and to live one day, because all we have is one day. All we have is 86,400 seconds mm. in every day. So what are you going to do with your 86,400 seconds that God gives you? 
That's good, man. I appreciate that. Well, thank, thank you. Thank you, brother, for being on the show today. And thank you for everyone that's listened here on this episode. JD, appreciate you, man. Take care. Man, Greg, that was that was so good, brother. Like just everything that you said. And, you know, if you want to pick up your own copy of the book, Punt, Flip the Field, you can check it out at gregcoleman8.com and you can pick up a copy. And, you know, we, we talk about these books just because we want to give you literature and things that you can read that's going to take your mind to the next level. Now, if you are an athlete or a musician or someone who's trying to reach the next level and you have maybe performance anxiety, imposter syndrome, uh, performance trauma, or any of the other many, many barriers that you can run into as a high-level performer, reach out to us at www.bullishdrive.com and talk to us. Set up a free consultation. I'd love to just hear your story, hear how we can potentially work together and help you uh, overcome your barriers and reach your next level and at least, you know, instill just powerful mindset skills that you can take outside of your craft, outside of your art and into life beyond that. www.bullishdrive.com. I'd love to meet you. And always remember, it starts with you and your destiny is waiting. Peace.